In this episode, we will be talking about what it means to be multidimensional and why it's important for all of us to discover the truths of ourselves. Our guest today is Christina Schwind. She is an accelerator expert, speaker, and founder of Lightbody Academy. Their projects and trainings were designed for those already on their journey, either as a way shower, healer, intuitive, visionary, energy facilitators, and the like. So in a moment, we will connect with Christina. Well, thanks for joining me today, Christina. I know your information and expertise is so needed nowadays. Um, you know what? In fact, let's talk about your background and how it came to fruition with what you're, you're teaching others now. Uh, sure. Okay. Um, what would you like to know? How did you even know you were you know, a multidimensional being? How did you train for it? Did it come natural? Right. So... Yes and no. When I was younger, I was like five years old. I grew up in a traditional Christian family and I just was sitting there one day and I just knew there was something wrong with this world. I just knew everything was bass backwards. I knew it down to my core. <laughs> right? And uh, especially when it came to humans in relationship to what they perceived as God, you know, that too, I knew was um, deeply, deeply, deeply distorted and wasn't the truth. Um, and I was kind of like the annoying kid in Sunday school. They ask all the questions they didn't want you to ask because they didn't really have an answer for them. Uh, so, you know, so I kind of knew something wasn't right, but at the same time I was in a very, um, traditional environment, also a military family. My, my father, um, retired from the military after several decades. And, uh, so there was definitely a piece to shutting things down, going with the status quo, making sure that you're, you know. Um, for me, I, I couldn't quench it all the way. I became a, a really, uh, committed, let's say rebel to the system. <laughs> and, and that's the signature that kind of carried through my, the rest of my youth. Um, I did have some really miraculous things come into my life that seemed like they were just random, but later in my life became very, very, very relevant. And one of them was, um, so my dad, uh, thought that I was developing really quickly and was worried about me getting in trouble with boys. And so he, mm. <laughs> he dropped me off at this horse farm and said, Hey, you know, you need some farm work. Here's a good worker for you. And just like handed me over to her, to the, to the owner of the farm. Um, unbeknownst to him, it was a, um, a high end hunter jumper dressage training facility. <laughs> My dad thought oh, that I was, um, it's a, it's a very special kind of, um, horseback riding, high level equestrian oh. horseback riding. So I spent, okay. so I shoveled clean stalls there for many years, um, about four years, uh, about six months into me being there. Um, they realized that, um, you know, I was not only strong and capable that, you know, but I also had, um, I could connect with horses. So the agreement was they didn't want to pay me money anymore. Instead, they wanted me to just learn how to ride. And I uh, was trained by some really, really top folks um, and went when showed and stuff like this. And, and the reason why this was relevant was because it really did save my life in the sense that I had a purpose. I had a passion that was not it was going deeper into the program. It was connecting with these beautiful animals. And I really realized um, during that time that I was an empath and that I, there were there was an unspoken language happening between me and the horses I was riding. And uh, so fast forward, lots of, you know, drama after that. Um, I ended up um, 
you know, not end up moving out of that kind of situation and uh, living with my mom. And later I decided that I really wanted to learn yoga because I realized there were holy people that were not Christian because the only holy people I knew were like monks and nuns and priests and rabbis. You know what I mean? (laughs) I didn't have any idea of anything else existing. (laughs) I know it's so silly. But uh, but then I realized that there are Buddhist traditions and there are Hindu traditions and there's indigenous traditions and all these other ways of being that were out of that paradigm. So I instantly was like, yes, that's my ticket. That's totally my ticket out of or into where I want to go. So when I was a teenager, I decided I wanted to learn um, uh, yoga and meditation and mantras and stuff like this. And I, and I did that. I did the teacher training and, and I quickly realized that I was not into guru worship. I was, I, there was something really out of alignment for me with that. And and so I kind of like stuck out like a sore thumb in that community because I was just like, no, <laughs> you know, I can, I'll go so far in my own level of empowerment and connection. But as soon as it started um, going into like a guru worship kind of situation, I was like, no, yeah. there's, something, there's something wrong with that. And um, I realized later is that there was an energy exchange going on. It was like a feeding exchange going on that no one was actually aware of. And I think a lot of times the gurus necessarily aren't even aware that that's happening, you know. Uh, so so all these events unfolded in my I thought it was a normal life and then all came together into me being able to actually perceive the reality that I'm a multidimensional being. It's like the old paradigm was really thick and you had to work through and integrate and embody all these pieces. And then you have a chance of recognizing of who you are as a multidimensional being. And, and the cool thing is, is that, you know, I, I did those rigmarole in, at a young age and for many years, but nowadays the, the frequencies are so different that people don't need to go through that long-term training. It's like that, that 30 years is now condensed in like three years for some people because of their frequency. They're, I call them star seeds and way showers because they just have a different frequency within their soul. They have different capabilities and they have, you know, different um, even reasons for being here than say people that were born hundred years ago. You see what I mean? Hallelujah, so, man. Cause yeah. <laughs> for people that, that consider, you know, all this, all these kind of topics oh i'll it'll take too long for me to learn or it's too far off in the future why bother right right well it definitely takes commitment that's that that's has not changed it takes commitment and dedication Mm -hmm. but um that's because you know the 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 control systems are so deep you know what i mean so there's no haphazarding it and as a teacher once as a teacher mind once said and it's been repeated so many times is that you either muster up the courage to dream to envision your own a life for yourself, or you're going to be doomed to be living out the collective nightmare. It's like, and that's really where it's at. It's like you either start envisioning something for yourself, uh-huh. right? And doing it, <laughs> or you're just going to have to deal and manage what, with what's handed to you. Go by default. Yeah. By the system. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the system's going to give you. All right. So you go to school, you go to college, you get your graduate degree, you get a hundred grand in debt. Now you have this life, <laughs> you know, it, it's a slave life for most, mm. right? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is indeed the choices nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So these systems were, and I really believe that we're all here to break these systems because when you're awake to who you are on a multidimensional level, you realize the ridiculousness of it. And you also know what it looks like to be enslaved and that that's not interesting. That's not a game that you're interested in playing, you know. Hopefully more will see that. So (laughs) in that case, like what does it mean to be multidimensional? Like what does that term mean? Because I 
kind of grew up with the term spiritual. Right. And multidimensionality, I didn't really start hearing until maybe the past few years only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because more veils are lifting and people are realizing really what it is they've been trying to talk about with the word, with, with, with the spiritual teachings, you know. So to be multidimensional, it means you, you're not, you don't do spiritual things and mundane things. They are all the same. You are, you are, you see what I mean? You are, you are an infinite being in a bio suit and you have a true sense of that. So when you look at your, yourself in the mirror, you can, you're not drawn into who you think you are in the mirror. That's not, that does not define you. What that, uh, what that reflection is, is a vehicle for you to realize what you truly want to realize in this world. So this is going back to the envisioning. We know that when we envision, there's great power in that. And then when we pull frequencies through the veils and integrate it into our body, that that actually is, those are the stepping stones to creating, manifesting our vision in this life. So we are working with an infinite aspect with ourselves directly. It's not, we're not spiritual in that we are, you know, stepping, stepping out of all of the, the things that define us as human. We're already not defined as who we are as human. <laughs> we, we, this is a vehicle for us. To, you see what I mean? But it takes stages to wake up at, wake up into that because the belief systems and the control systems have been going on for so long. Right. So our, um, yeah. yeah. So one of the baselines I tell everybody, if you want to start exploring your multidimensional nature, start with your ancestral healing right there start start with your people and work with that because those belief systems whether you buy into them this life or not exist in your ancestry and therefore in your own subconscious and when you're creating what you want to create in your life when you want to create a life that you want it's both your conscious and subconscious subconscious creating it you see so this is uh so there's some deep conflicts within us that we've inherited um, to us stepping into our sovereignty, stepping into our multidimensionality. There's direct, deeply um, woven belief systems that that contradicts. So we need to liberate our ancestors on an energetic level from those, from those belief systems and liberate their life force energy so they too get, um, get um, uh, released from the cycles. But so do you in your bio suit in the here and now. Does this yes, make sense I've how I'm saying that? It? If you, yeah. if you clear the lineage, then you're all also clearing your future lineage. Um, and your and physical bio suit. Of, yes. And oh, your, that yeah. is actually the first step, I guess, we should mention is is <laughs> accepting that we are just a bio suit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for those that don't really know their ancestry, mm -hmm. like, how can they get around that? If they right. don't even like, for example, like those um, individuals that were maybe adopted, mm -hmm. um, orphaned, they may not have that information. Does it matter? No. Yeah, that's a great question. It's a really great thing, point to bring up. And it does not matter because you are connecting with your ancestry through energy, through your own DNA, to your own connection. So you're you're addressing it through your multidimensional abilities. Right. So you're uh, so, for example, um, there's a forgiveness practice that we have in the academy that we use a lot and uh, that to un to unravel quantum entanglements and ancestral stuff. And th the thing is, you're calling on the spirit, on the on the infinite being of that of your mother, of your father, of your grandfather, that that aspect of them on, you know, their essence. And when you're working with them in that way, it's beyond time and space. You are working with whatever is in that soul's, whatever is in that soul's journey signature that um, that you're bringing compassion and forgiveness to. 
because uh, as you bring compassion and forgiveness to the wounds of your ancestors, it, it does huge, huge things, not just for them. It releases them from so much of, of you know, that idea of karma, because karma, karma is an idea. It's not a rule or a law, but a lot of beings believe in it and agree in it. So they live that out. So there's a lot of karma, so to speak, to be worked out. You liberate them from that. So they no longer have to say they're reincarnated somewhere, um, living out the inertia of their karma. You actually liberate them wherever they are. By, by addressing it in this way with the bringing love and compassion into the energetic um, signatures of these different wounds or contracts or whatever, you know, whatever that, that, um, that inertia is coming from. And uh, yeah, that's an important note that it yeah. isn't based on linear space and time because that may trip up people. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, what's really confusing about people. The idea of being, I mean, people think that time is the ultimate constraint. It's like, right. yeah, no, 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 no. That's, that's the <laughs> pond. It's, there's a much bigger ocean out there <laughs> to be dealing with. <laughs> Indeed there is. Yes, yes, yes. And when people start awakening through these layers, I mean, that's probably going to be a future episode here with the nesting doll. Um, however, indeed, for indeed, now, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what abilities start to just naturally pop up for people as they, as they go through these veils, the unveiling of veils? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's different for everybody because everybody works in their own. They're all, every, every human, every soul is like a snowflake. You know, we're all very unique. Um, but, uh, and there's pitfalls with different kinds. So it depends on, um, it depends on the individual. Some people, they're, uh, their dream time will start to activate first, in which case they're having a really, really active dream time um, engagement. And uh, some of them, and it's triggering a lot of emotions and it's triggering a lot of stuff within them. So that could be in the form of nightmares, but also could be in form of intense flying dreams and stuff like this. And, and the, the dreamscape is really where um, a lot of um, exospecies have communications with, with humans. So, so that's a really powerful doorway ability to start to come online as your multidimensionality starts to come online. Some of my most profound teachers I met through Dreamtime first before I ever saw them physically. So um, it's lots of freedom. Ooh, how there. did that look like? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that story. But there's a couple other pieces I want to mention about how the, the, the okay. build abilities that come online because it's it's not pleasant for most. You know what I mean? Oh. Um, so the next one, uh, your empathic abilities will start to come online, which means you'll start to notice how extremely sensitive you are to other people's energies. Like people really affect you and strong emotional currents hijack. You sometimes feel like you get hijacked by them. And one of the um, one of the things you'll notice is that when you go into a room with full of people, you will have a clear idea or like you'll have a clear um, sense of the the mood the feeling of each person you're talking to, you can feel their projections, like what they're projecting on you. That's not you, you know, and if you have a people pleaser thing going on, you're going to totally play the role they want you to play. So this so oh, weird stuff yeah. like, yeah, you'll notice weird stuff like that. And then you'll feel, you know, then there's a feeling of, Oh my God, what do I do about that? I have no control. <laughs> right? So, uh, so that's also uh, an uncomfortable ability to come online, but it's a really powerful one too. And uh, ability to, well, there's different kinds of empaths, but empathic abilities are, are really, really um, potent as a multidimensional if you cultivate those. And then there's another uh, other things that come on is that your inner knowing will come on. You're, you'll just know things and not really 
you know, know why you know them. You can't put your finger on it. You can, probably can't even put into words what it is that you have the sense that you know. But you, you'll know that you've had this event because afterwards and everything will transpire. What you're looking at transpires and you're like, oh, I totally knew that. I totally knew that was going to happen. You've ever had that happen where you just like, you had a feeling about something, you couldn't put yeah. your finger on it, it happened. And then you're like, oh man, that's the inner knowing. And that one's a difficult one to follow because you have nothing you can put your finger on. And, and it's yeah, like, it's exactly. really hard. Yeah, it's hard to trust. But the inner knowing is also a really potent ability. If you start trusting that, it gets really, really profound. And that's one of the, um, one of the um, I'd say, most unstoppable type of of um, abilities to have. The, the trick is all about stillness, though. If you can manage stillness while you're listening to your inner knowing, you're going to master that. It'll be, it'll, you know, it's just the stillness is, that's the pitfall of the knowing. The stillness, if it's not there, you'll just project and your inner knowing initial hit will get quickly twisted into your projection, which is why you don't trust yes. it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think and that then, is a, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, it's okay. And the last one, then we'll write, then you go ahead and say what you want to say there. Um, the last one is our abilities to actually see energy. And that, that usually happens after some sort of trauma or sometimes some kind of accident, something happens where um, your ability to actually see the quality of the frequency of life force around you, like you can see colors, you'll be able to see energies move. Oh. You see, that's a, that's a that's small how people see auras and stuff. Yeah. So that, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff will start to happen. Yeah. Um, and that's also kind of scary because what happens when, you know, you, you have loved ones around you and they look really dark, <laughs> <laughs> you know, then you're like, Oh, okay. There's something about that. Cause right. Mm. Then you'll start to get a whole new, new perspective on the people you've surrounded with yourself. You've surrounded yourself with throughout your life. Right. So um, it's a rude awakening. Really. It is for a lot. It's a rude awakening. That is, that is important to note because a lot of people kind of glorify this process without <laughs> really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Thinking yeah. about the other side of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, my, my, the thought that came in mind was when people start to become like really empathic, that may trigger, uh, anxiety. Oh yeah. And right. Trauma. And with that comes a whole nother way of how do you address that? How do you know if it's really a mental condition versus you just awakening? Yeah. And, and that is, I don't know when I see a lot of people going into the mental health system, it's, it's, I just cringe cause mm, mm. it's not mm. really what, you know, mainstream thinks. It could be. I mean, it yeah. can, but. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, see, this is what happens is that once you start to wake up to your multidimensional self, now you're face to face with how do you have empowerment and sovereignty over who you are? And, and yeah. that's dealing with all those hooks of disempowerment. I mean, empath is a perfect example because, you know, you, you either feel a victim to your, <laughs> to your sensitivity mm -hmm. or other people say you're a victim to your sensitivity or you have developed a savior complex. Everybody around me is so messed up. I, I can help them. I can see things that they can't see. Right. And, and then you end up draining your life force energy and, and disempowering yourself and others by trying to save everybody. And then the third piece to that is being a perpetrator. So you're going you're gonna to fail saving those people. Now, all of a sudden, you're, they're a victim of you imposing yourself. <laughs> right? So right. then you start going into those real subtle nuances of unraveling the BS that's in the 4D programming, the fourth dimensional field. And, but this is why being an empath is really potent and powerful on that level, because you can, you can develop a really sharp acuity for that. 
and and realize what it looks like to what it is to disempower yourself and others you see um by recognizing one of those three roles yeah um but yeah so as soon as those abilities come online not long after that see this is the beauty of the old paradigm you those abilities would come online you have a few years to play with it then the big challenges start coming but nowadays they come online next day next week there's the big challenge <laughs> it's, it's very fast it's very fast learn quick learn quick yeah, trial by fire <laughs> that's what i call it <laughs> now when you mentioned dream time um yeah so how did it look like when you met your is it teachers oh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. before you actually met them Right, right. So there were a couple that happened with um, one was uh, Maestro Ponduro, who was a, a medicine man in the Amazon jungle. And uh, I didn't realize that I was going to go see him, but I knew I was I had intentions to travel to Peru and um, do an expedition. I didn't know that he was a part of that that um, situation in any way, shape or form. But he would come into my dreams and show me things, teach me things. But then there were times when I would wake up out of my dream, like into my room, and he would still be standing there. Oh, wow. And okay. yeah, yeah. So he was the first, uh, the first master to truly show me how malleable this reality is. Like he could start singing a song. I mean, this is, I mean, he worked with plant medicine, but even without plant medicine, it was absolutely profound to be around him because he would start singing a song or, or um, uh, doing a rhythm. And as that rhythm would unfold or that song would unfold, uh, being completely straight with, you know, no influence, I would watch the stars above us start to shift and change. Like the actual constellations above us would start changing. And then, um, then you can, then I, you know, he would, you could feel these, the realms open, open, open with different acts, different things that he did. And he had a whistle too, that was so beautiful. It reminded me of my grandfather, actually. He was like, there's these really fancy whistlers. I don't know if you've ever heard them. They can like whistle like an orchestra piece with their, like a <laughs> quintet piece with their whistle. It's so refined and like a classical instrument. Anyway, he had a whistle like that. <laughs> and, uh, and he would use his whistle um, in different ways that would open up portals and gateways and realms. And I, I was realizing he was through watching him that this was all happening inside of him. It's like he was totally in touch with him as the universe, the cosmos I am, the jungle I am, the river I am. And, uh, and yeah, and that was the big doorway into really, it took me decades to translate all that happened in my time with him. But um, that was my first real doorway of watching a human completely defy all rules of reality as I thought they were even bilocated and shapeshifted in front of me. That's amazing. Yeah. And it, well, you'd, you'd be surprised on how jarring watching something like that is, <laughs> you know, for me, it was oh, this oh, is 2006, right? Um, so it took me till about 2016 to really fully integrate that whole that that whole um week that i spent there and then he continued to be in my dreams he would show up in my back seat of my car um i had some events go on that were really trying and um and i would hear him off in the distance whistling <laughs> he would go into my medicine bundle and do things so um truly a master of dream time uh maestro Pundula yeah was. yeah yeah sounds like it because those like i know bilocation is possible and all that 
and um, projecting your yourself. I don't know if it's solid or in energy form, but that is very possible when you start going into the farther, uh, I guess, nesting doll layers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's not like you're trying to manifest yourself in the way that another person sees you. You're just doing something. And this is how it's appearing to the people, to the person. You see what I mean? Right. Yes. That's the big piece with that. It's Because <laughs> if you're going to try to be like, okay, I'm going to be in two places at once. No, that's, <laughs> that's not how it is. <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it's just being focused on a multidimensional engagement on whatever level of yourself that you, you're so incredibly focused on that. It's having an impact in the physical realm. And, and, mm. and it may manifest as you being in multiple places at one time, or it may manifest as people seeing you shape-shifting into a wolf or a cougar, right? Right. Uh, so it's, it's really, really this is the well this is why the rude the awakening is so rude because as we wake up to who we are we realize we're completely lied to from everything about reality mm-hmm. is totally not what we think it is <laughs> you everything know? Yes. everything down to the every anything any put your finger at anything it's there's a twist there's a lie in it right so uh so we have to re we relearn about what reality is and how to engage with it when you start waking up to your multi-dimensional nature because it's so obvious that the rules that we think are so are not true so it's also a really great adventure i I have to say it does you know it's it's jarring it's rude in a lot of ways but once you get past that or once you start navigating it does turn into an adventure and it's like wow Cool. I had no idea, but man, cool. <laughs> what else is possible? What else is possible? Exactly. 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 And why is it crucial for everyone to start discovering this part of ourselves right oh. now in this time of history? Right, right. There's a few different takes on that. And uh, there's a few different takes on that. So one is if you look at the at the idea that the systems of our world are pretty much going to lead to our extinction, right? There's many, many people, scientists who have said this um, from, you know, food supply to population support, like it, all, all these different things that are being, are, we're being told is you know, going to be our demise. There, there's that kind of thing. Like how are we, how are we going to change if we're, no one's willing to lead us into the change or no one's willing to do the change themselves. Right. So it's like, Clearly, this we're just going to run it to the ground because no one really wants to stand up and do anything. I mean, the shenanigans going on right now is a perfect example, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, so what? So, how do we do that? How do we we take retake control of this reality? Well, we take retake control of our multidimensional levels of who we are. Then that shenanigans doesn't have the power that it has anymore, and we quite literally reclaim our ability to envision the reality that we want, and we have this full support of the universe to create exactly that but we need to be willing to do that and so we, we need to know that it, we can do that we need to you see what i mean so this is you know it's either do or trial by fire do or die at this point and, and a lot of um, yeah. yeah really no matter what prophecy you're looking at that's what they're saying <laughs> you know it's wake up or, or go to bed forever <laughs> uh, go to bed forever <laughs> Um, so but that's the dark side but i mean that's the shadow side of it but the upside is is that you know miracles are happening for humanity and those that have achieved 
ascension before in other ways are coming here to reclaim the planet with grace and beauty and compassion, taking the whole planet and all the life on her back to um, back to the truth of who we are, like, you know, getting out of those control systems and returning back to the light of the great mother. And I, I use that term loosely because, you know, religions really kind of mislabel things, but, you know, back to that, back to ourselves again, back to our, who we truly are as citizens of this, of this galaxy, of this cosmos, right? So, so the children in a lot of ways that, that line, the children, will inherit the earth. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's the ones, it's the newly awakened multidimensionals that are going to inherit this planet because it's our value system, really. I mean, our abilities, but also our value system. Number one, who cares about sustainability? That's not what we need. We're way past that. We need regenerative living mm. we need right and there Good are already people yep. yeah there are already people who are on that they they're you know they're they got successful in in the jobs and the basic matrix and realized this is hollow i don't this is not satisfying me and then they ran and for a passion and there are people all over this globe who've discovered regenerative farming who've discovered regenerative uh, housing and lifestyle regenerative um, medicine that's a huge thing right so these this this whole idea about sustainability that's old paradigm you know dollar late day short <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> and it's really in the multidimensionals are already aware and already implementing that okay no no we can regenerate with this with the earth we are here to regenerate with the earth and we know exactly how to do it we know what it looks like we know what it feels like and that's what we want to do and we're doing it you know that's amazing and i know i noticed a lot of younger individuals are wanting to take on those type of projects however a lot of them are also asking how to do it yes. so is that just a matter of waking up to the how or yeah how, what advice do you have for those individuals like, i want to do this project but i just don't know how mm -hmm. um right. do i need to hire someone do, do i just do it myself do i find a company to work for like they're Ooh. right well this is where dream the dreaming really comes into play right so you envision the, these things and if you try to just look at the tools of the mundane world then you know there's a lot of hoops and challenges and stuff to that you have to face but when you work when you work on this on the dream time level you just need to work with the part of you that is in conflict with your vision and rehab yourself so to speak and as you do that as you become more and more consolidated in your vision you become more and more committed and passionate to doing the steps in your waking world so you'll attract the perfect, say, mentor, if that's what you need. You'll attract the perfect business partner, if that's what you need. You'll, you see what I mean? And I don't mean like law of attraction kind of stuff. I mean, you guys already connect energetically on the dream time. And, that, and you, you already are aligned. So when you meet in person, it's like a magical meeting and you know it. You know it when in the moment that that's what's happening. And then, then you keep moving forward together and because it's a we thing, it's definitely not a me thing anymore. It's a we deal. So if you have a right. vision, then you need to find those other people who share your vision and, and create a team effectively working together for the same vision. That's the we piece. 
And, that I, and that's something that is really challenging. That's something that I, I'm passionately pursuing right now is how to have a team because I've, I've been a loner for so long. You know, I'm, I've always been kind of, well, I grew up in the old paradigm as multidimensional. Nobody understood me. The spiritual world no. didn't understand me. The, the scientific world, I mean, nothing. <laughs> right. So, um, but now I'm uh, coming across the perfect, I, you know, I'm, I've worked out how to wake up multidimensional nature. So I've been doing this for a few years now. Well, actually a lot longer than just a few, but like really like full time uh, um, pursuing it. So now I have a community of multidimensionals of people waking up to multidimensional to work with. And we all, um, you know, are, are unraveling these pieces more and more and more. Uh, another thing that came from that that's really helpful, and I think healers around the world really need to um, take notice of what this is doing, is that the whole paradigm of healer-client relationship is actually going away. It's now a, it's a we deal. So it's a yeah. group, group of people facilitating a very deep healing for everybody in the group. And yeah, uh, it is more collaborative than. Yes, it's collaborative and it's collaborative on, you know, on a much higher level than the personality level, you know? So when you come together like that, it's amazingly graceful and uh, you get way deeper than you would just um, by yourself you know, or just with one other healer. And, and, and here's uh, a piece that, that gave us this clue about that is that, you know, the star elders, the star beings, when they, um, when they entered interdimensional beings, when they interact with humans, they often come in the form of a council. Rarely is it an individual being, it's usually a council of beings, a collective of beings. And the reason why this is so is because our reality is so, so, so vast. You can't get a clear picture by just one perspective. You need many, many different perspectives of the same picture to get a more, a more well-rounded idea energetically what's going on. So when you have, when you're looking at woundings and blind spots and trauma like that, you see, then you're getting, you're getting a, a massive um, opportunity to see it from many different sides on a quantum level and work with it that way to unravel it or what have you. So that's uh, a key way to do it. Which yeah. we'll get into the next episode. <laughs> um, so stay tuned for that one, guys. <laughs> now, yeah, we... yeah, it's um, exciting stuff, everything that, that's coming on board to humanity right now. It really is. Oh, indeed. After we get to the next little bit of bumps. Mm -hmm. um, but yes. before we wrap up, why are some people natural at discovering themselves, the layers of themselves, their multidimensional selves, while others have uh, difficulty? Right. Right. There's, there's lots of reasons why there's layers to it. Of course, there's stuff in the soul's journey, right? So if the soul is here to work out karma, you know, you can work out karma for infinity. So they need to start unplugging from some of the soul level programs, programmings that limit their, um, their uh, soul purposes, you know, that you, that, you know, those, these are the purposes that you decide beyond the veil before you come here. So that stuff kind of stuff needs to get unraveled, um, which can and does happen. Uh, so that could be a part of the reason why I have the difficulties there. The other part is that, you know, uh, like a lot of star seeds, especially um, in the past 20 years, been been born to really dark families. So they have a lot of heritage and ancestral, they have a bio suit and a lot of, a lot of familial connections that need to get cleaned up before they are really 
um, able to live there for them for their own purpose. See, what happens is that we live the momentum that we've inherited from our ancestry. And that takes about in the old paradigm, it takes about 40 years to unravel all that energy, all that all those um, constructs and stuff like this. So if you're a starseed born in a dark family, you know, you have to you have to spend a lot of time healing the trauma dramas of the lineage before you can really start de dedicating most of your bandwidth to your what you're envisioning. So there's that, that could be the reason for difficulty. And some is that, you know, the free will is a thing and some really buy into the control systems. They really, you know, think they are who they think they are and, and enjoy status that having nice things and nice clothes gives you, but really, you know, it's hollow. It doesn't, as soon as there's not, a, you know, any slave labor to make those clothes or any, you know, system to have these nice things, who are you without that? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that's a seductive thing. And the other, and the last thing I would say would be distraction, this distraction and self-medication The you know, getting over the hurdles of those pieces. Cause a lot of people are so sensitive. They really did not make it through their childhood without being forced onto some sort of medication either um, for ADD or for emotional stuff, or they self-medicate with, you know, the drug of choice of this generation, you know, so that's, those are the pitfalls. That's what, that's why it'd be difficult, you know, that, that those busting out of those old systems and facing your fear and, and knowing, daring to know your strength. And that's where you come in, my friend. You have exactly. an acceleration expertise behind you. Yes. So exactly. your you, so your Light Body Academy is geared for people who want to really step into their um, real suit, I guess, so to speak. Tell us about the programs that you offer and and how it can help people through their journeys. Yes. Yeah. So I've um, spent many years refining, refining, refining the, what we do here. So it boils down to authenticity. So instead of being spiritual, it's about being authentic. When you're true to who you are on a soul level, that's being authentic. All right. And a lot of a lot of people are not trained to do that. They're trained to do the opposite. This is why we don't trust ourselves. This is why we look for outer authority for validation and all this stuff. So so um, I've finely tuned a process to actually facilitate those transformations, those breakthroughs that a person needs to find truly who their authentic self is. So like I said, ancestral clearing is a huge piece. Um, and then uh, we have a, another focus. So we start off with, with three levels of movement, right? Everything kind of like goes in threes. And that's because that's, for me, that's a very, that's a magical number for multidimensional engagement. Because three is a multidimensional number, which is funny, but it, it's so so like um, well, I won't get into the numerology of it, but there, but it's a really lovely um, piece that's always allowing movement. So movement is really important to waking up to who you are and your authentic self because we kind of get stuck on certain things. So the first level is working at the quantum, learning how to unravel quantum entanglements. So we do that through ancestral healing. Um, with a forgiveness practice, we do that with light body activations. And then we do that with you um, learning foundational practices on how to command your energy and clear your energy and, and have energetic interactions. Um, so those are three um, meetings that we have every month as part of that learning how to unravel things on a quantum level. So that's the quantum reality shift, we call it. 
And then uh, after you get going on that and the dream time stuff is starting to open up, when I say open up, that means you have an inner knowing that you want to start engaging in dream time. Okay. And then we have a dream time healing project where you start engaging dream time. We start um, tracking into your dreams specifically and uh, finding the rabbit hole of your dreams. And that's why that's why in the in the imagery of the Dreamtime Healing Project, there's a rabbit hole in the background, and that's because dreams have layers to them. There's the uh, mundane part of the dream, the psychological part of the dream, where most people who do dream work spend, right? Because you can learn a lot about your personality and ego driver stuff in that part. But we go for the rabbit hole of the dream because the rabbit hole of the dream is where the actual energetic transmissions are coming from your spirit to you as an organizing force to your intent. So, uh, so we work, so we track specifically your dreams in that. And then we, then we work together in group dreaming and, and track, um, as a group, um, the energy of a, a dreamer in a, in the project. So, uh, so those are the first two stages. After that, we start to get into more advanced levels. Um, like right now I'm doing a facilitator training for the 90 activation work. So, uh, that we call those more advanced levels, we call the Healer Acceleration Lab. But pretty much everything we do come full, uh, flows right into the next piece and one builds on the other. And uh, you're going to have a breakthrough no matter where, what level you want. Uh, it's just that some people are deep divers and some people just dip their toes and test. <laughs> so we, we allow for that. <laughs> we allow, allow for the testing of the waters. And why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know where it takes you. You don't. And I, I hate to, people call the work we do advanced, but I, I would not like to, I don't like to say that because there are people that haven't done a lot of spiritual work or don't really consider themselves deeply, deeply spiritual that really rock, rock this work out. And it's because they have the authenticity piece. They can hear the voice. Mm. They're able to be quiet and listen to the voice of their spirit. And they know what their spirit is saying versus what their um, ego driver is saying. And that's really what you need. Spirituality has gone awry because it's kind of like hijacked people into this, into this non-authentic niceness, yes, I, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 deeply. I mean, you and your strength is like, you can meet the darkness with the light. That's what that is. So that's bringing your, you know, love and compassion to the pain, to the, to the hurt, to the suffering. And, and you can't have an aversion to suffering to do that. You need to allow everything to be equal in its merit of your attention and focus. Um, to, and that's the part that's hard because we're programmed with fear and suffering. <laughs> so it's, that's why we've got to work out that trauma so it doesn't have the trigger that it used to have. And we can be much more str strong, you know, in our presence in the face of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why... What you offer, I really like, just because it is welcoming um, those that don't fit in the mainstream spiritual models. And all it takes for those people is just that right guidance, which I think you offer. So yes, thank yes, you yes. for creating Lightbody Academy. For those that are interested, you can go to lightbodyacademy.com and check out all her programs. And there's more and more free resources if you want to tip your toe in the water, so to speak. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for, for inviting me here. It's fun to <laughs> chat with you, dear.